Hello and welcome to What A Way To Make A Living, the podcast where we talk to people working creatively about what they do for a living and why. I'm Deborah O'Shea and I'm Amelia Liuzzi. This is a conversation with Michelle Hung, a senior creative producer. We talk to Michelle about managing side projects and starting self-published Eden Zine. Oh, so okay. it's oh, it's so, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that's the level of quality oh, that we it's are fine. This is cute, no? I'm a senior creative producer at Urban Outfitters and I also run, well I created a magazine called Eden Zine um, where I'm the creator and editor-in-chief. <laughs> it sounds crazy. So cool. Thank you. Yeah, definitely because I've only seen it on Instagram because I haven't seen the printed copy yet. Oh, I should have bought one. No, I'm going to get it because yeah. it looks awesome. Well, the pre-sale for issue two um, is like pre-sales out now okay, but cool. then the issue is going to go to print end of this week so I'm excited so but I thought sad. let me put the pre-sale out now see if people like it see if I can make a little bit of money yeah and that can go towards oh, printing that's so. interesting so in terms of process so like you do a pre-sale and then does that dictate how many you then get printed yeah well how many I think I should print yeah so the first time I so issue one I printed 150 copies Good. and I only just sold the last one about a month ago okay and that's been around for about a year great issue two i've got like a not like a better cover but like a like he's very known in the industry yeah so i reckon he can almost kind of like elevate the sales and i've had a few sales over the past two days literally i'm seeing like my shopify oh this person's like (laughs) bought a copy i'm like yes so i've had got around like 15 sales so far so day today so, oh, day to day, it's very different. <laughs> um, to be honest, I'm like, no day is the same as yeah. a producer. So I could be one day at my at my desk all day, just answering emails, talking to um, suppliers, freelancers, getting people booked in on shoots, or I could 
be in meetings all day, discussing shoots, doing like rack ups and things like that. And rack ups is like a form of like styling, so oh, working cool. with like buyers, stylists. Um, or I can be on a shoot. We shoot a lot abroad at Urban Outfitters, and we did a lot of that stuff in ASOS as well. Um, no shoots are the same. I do. I, I, I am very lucky that I get to travel a lot, but also yeah. as a producer, it's not a holiday. Everyone thinks, oh my God, you're like oh, in this other country. No it's like, actually, as soon as you hit the airport, you're like on call and you don't rest until you land back. So, um, but it is quite fun. You do something to have your downtime. So you get to go to these like amazing countries that I'd never get to go to. But yeah, no days ever the same, really. It also, I'm also kind of, it's like, um, I'm like a glorified mum. <laughs> as a producer you're just making sure everywhere, everyone is where they're supposed to be everyone has the right information people are talking people are communicating you're the one that everyone asks yeah right? exactly yeah. and if everything goes right people don't really notice that you're there yeah if it goes wrong they're like yeah michelle 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 what, what's going on so um i always say that if I've produced, if I've planned and pre-produced the shoot really well, no one knows, everything just running smoothly. But if shit, like, if I haven't, then you can tell. Yeah. Like there's cracks, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so no one never me. really asked for the producer on set if you've produced the shoot well. Only thing they're gonna ask is, when's lunch? When's snacks gonna get here? What time do we wrap? That's it really. That's <laughs> yeah. Hard. <laughs> yeah. So if you've done your job well, there's going to be, yeah, everything's just going to run smooth. It's like, run, it's like organising a party almost, isn't it? Tell us about starting a zine. Why did you do it? My zine. So I actually started because of my son. So I have a 16-year-old son. Okay. Um, I had him when I was 16. Okay. And I just realised that he's so lazy. Like, he has this, like, and, I, and also, I was not expecting yeah, any he's so of lazy, but also it's not just him, it's his generation right. that have this, okay. like, microwavable talent um, thinking. It's like, oh, I can be a rapper, I'm just going to put a video on YouTube and become a rapper. Actually, that's not how it how it is. But sometimes um, it is how it is. Well, we say that, but those are the ones that don't last that long. Right. Um, You're right. Yeah, so... They don't see the hard work that goes behind, like becoming an artist, becoming a photographer, becoming like a producer or designer. They just see the end result. And I think that's because of social media. So Instagram shows you all the amazing things that goes, that goes on in your life. All these traveling, all this like, oh my God, I'm meeting all these yeah. celebrities. But they don't know how you got there. And we don't tell that side of our lives. That's I mean, so I wouldn't. I've never showed the struggle on my Instagram. Um, but so do you think that that literally makes um, that generation, I guess, not... Um, understand or appreciate hard work or even yeah. really know what it is and I think when I grew up I used to see I guess my mum didn't have any choice but to show us the struggle mm. along with like my friends mums and things like that we always knew okay like summer holidays we never went on holiday none of my friends went on holiday because our parents were working or well, they just couldn't afford it mm. whereas for my son he's just like oh a holiday you know I don't realise that my mum actually has to save for this holiday or she may have to like pay down every month from like September to September to, to take me on this holiday right um, and I I just found that he just had this like really he was almost like piggy banking off my success in a way and it's like actually I didn't raise you like that <laughs> you need to you need to like make your own contacts and if you want to be a music artist or a YouTuber 
you need to show me that you can do it. I'm not just going to just say to you, hey, here's yeah. blah, blah, blah from, you know, YouTube. And I'm not going to do that because that's my connection. So I wanted to tell these stories. And and as his mother, he's never going to, it's nagging. You never listen yeah. to your mum when you're young. Like I was like, okay, let me find some young people who Sion can probably relate to to tell them their story and their struggle or their like trials and tribulations and how they had to work hard to kind of get to where they are um i know a few people around like my area and how i grew up and i just reached out i was like hey i want to put this like project together um it's like a passion project it might not even be anything it could just be one issue do you guys want to be in it and tell your stories and like i want you to be like real and gritty with it and um everyone was like yeah and that's how issue one came about and then I didn't realise how well it was going to be received mm. I was like yeah why don't I just make more so that's great yeah. that's so it just started so with Sion cool. I mean now the second issue is not for Sion it's more like okay what do I I want to tell these stories and I want people to know that they're like young entrepreneurs out there who are doing their thing and just share their journeys really mm, and like how to get into that business as well yeah, the yeah. so did it work did your son like like it um yeah he did Great. yeah he did he did like it um he totally told me he did uh, <laughs> actually at the launch he asked a few questions to the audience and he's very introvert Oh, and yeah so we had Shane um, who is Mosak's manager Mosak is like this UK rapper um, Shane was on our panel and I think he asked a question to Shane and he just said something like because Shane mentioned in his in the article that he's really close with his mum everything he does was for his mum mm-hmm. he kind of fell into like the music business and Sion said well I'm close with my mum but I'm not that close with her like what advice would you give for me to us like what he says i make something like really weird like that and literally the whole audience felt like crying i was like like get closer yeah kind of thing like um and shame was just like look at what your mum's kind of doing for you so this is kind of you need to like realize that and i think he did appreciate it and like this issue too it's been on like social media and he's been like reposting it and stuff like that and yeah so yeah he's into it that's cool so what age is he 16 yeah He's like, a teenager. That is so cool. Yeah, that's and nice. almost an adult. Scary. My mum was that cool. Yeah. No, he doesn't appreciate the coolness. No. I think you need, especially if you are working somewhere where you're working for someone else and you don't really feel that fulfilled side hustles like i love the fact that i've i've always had side hustles yeah so what was your first ever like, side hustle? My first, <laughs> <laughs> i mean my first ever side hustle what was my first ever side well it was like not so much side hustling but i was like interning while i was so when i was at college slash uni i was always like interning I was like a runner on like music videos and films and stuff like that that was like my first ever like side thing um and plus I had a job as well so I was like juggling 10,000 things at once and having a child then when I left uni I started a blog and that was like my side hustle um and the blog was like my outlet for kind of I don't know like you know just being a bit creative um and then from the blog 
I had a podcast. Yeah, I did a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I did a podcast. We did like five episodes. Um, and I've I've started like little things like here and there with friends, but th- but that was always with other people. Like the blog was for me. I did that myself, and then the zine is myself. Everything else was always like with other people. Would you yeah like recommend that to somebody who's like feeling? I don't know, maybe like they need a little bit of something extra and they just don't know what yet. Yeah. Would you recommend having Yeah, a side definitely. Project? I think it's either having a little side project. If you get to like my age, I'm 32 years old, maybe starting a family could be something as well that you kind of want to get your something I mean, into. that's definitely a side project. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's 100%. I mean, it's a full time project to be honest. But it's like one of those, I think when you get, especially, I think because I'm like, like I said, I'm 32. That for me was like, okay, do I, I don't want to produce for the rest of my life. I'm not like, I love it, but there is something I want to do. Do I start a family now or do I continue and just like build on this brand that I have at the moment? And I was like, let me build on this brand that I have at the moment. Um, Because when I do have a family, I probably won't really be doing this. That's the truth. Um, So at the moment, so now, I'm just kind of putting a lot of my energy into this and I love it and it's like my baby so it's like having a baby basically yeah (laughs) and it's definitely given me um like what's the word like a kick in my step like when I think about the zine every time I open up InDesign I'm like oh my god this looks so good when people are sending me their work it just feels good to know that people actually believe in your vision um and this issue as well, issue two, it just feels right. I don't know what it is. Like the first one was like, like I said, it felt like a, almost like a little uni project. Like I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I don't know anything about magazines. I don't know anything about design. Um, I don't have a clue about writing really. So for me, it was just like, let's just see how it goes. It's like your first baby. It's like a trial, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like your first child is always like there's going to be something wrong because you don't really know I'm what you're so, doing. I'm so the yeah. first child. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm the middle child. But, but. I was going to say, have you ever had like a sort of oh, fuck yeah. this moment there like was... that? Because I can imagine it's hard to keep that momentum going. 100%. In, for issue two, issue one, that year was like the worst year of my like adult not worst year I would say it was bad but it was like an awakening year mm. so we were going for like redundancies at work my relationship was like being tested my relationship with Sion was being tested everything and I was like I can't do this I remember the launch for Eden Zine my friend Eden called me and was like hey me I might not be able to make it and I was like it's fine she gave me some words of encouragement I just started crying she's like me it's your launch I was like I just can't do this I don't even want to go I don't want to do it I didn't even get to enjoy the launch because I was every all of this stuff was going on, yeah. um, and it's crazy that I even was able to put something out at that time. That I was it was a rough, a really rough year, but it was a rough year emotionally more than anything. Like a lot of things were tested that year or well, last year, whereas this time round doing O2 definitely feel a bit more clearer. Everything feels a bit better. It feels like nothing's forced um but yeah like that to be honest that whole issue was like fuck this shit <laughs> but i was like but you but, did but, it but, you but because, it yeah but because of how i am as a person i was like you need to do it like don't why are you like 
don't just sit on it. Yeah, it's I managed so, to finish it. It's so good to hear that story, though. And that kind of, like, circles back to, like, the whole reason why you started it, right? Yeah. Is that, like, you know, like, just having looked at the Instagram, looking at the zine, I'm like, oh, that's so professional. So yeah. It's like, I don't, no. know this, I don't know the hard work that's even gone <laughs> no. into the, no. the zine that's all about people, like, struggling totally. and the hard work that people yeah. do. Yeah, thanks for being so honest, because I think the whole point of yeah. getting people on here and chatting to people is to just actually just have kind of normal conversations yeah. and figure out how people's like how your day-to-day life looks because yeah. I do think as you were sort of saying at the beginning like we are in a bit of a culture where everything just seems so perfect all the time and of course you don't put your struggles on your social media and and all of that kind of thing but you know life isn't this sort of perfect rosy shiny thing and especially when it comes to our careers I think we can feel very much like oh am I doing enough I'm not doing this I'm not yeah. doing a thousand and one things and, yeah. and it can be really really difficult so yeah it's good to just like that you could just be so honest and just be like yeah I think it's important to be honest as well and also just be more aware of yourself and like how you feel and like the truth is like it still wasn't easy and nothing's easy and I said to Sion like I had Sion at 16 years old so I was not able to be like a mother to him I wasn't there for him properly and my mum kind of stepped in and those that's one thing I say to him is like I can stop this this we can we can stop this all together I can be a stay-at-home mum but the life I've provided we won't be able to have but you'll have my love and I'll be there every day when you come home from school like my mum was but we're not going to be able to to live the way we want so what do you want kind of thing like when he's when when he acts up and I hope, and I think now that's why I'm trying to like pull it back, where, because when he was younger, I guess like my mum was there, my sister was there, he had his family. I mean, I was there, but obviously I was busy working, like trying to create a life. Yeah. Whereas now I think I'm in, financially I'm more stable, so yeah. I can spend time with him. Yeah. But he's 16, so he doesn't want to spend time with his mum, so I make sure I talk to him a lot more. Um, and I don't want like his friends to raise him and tell him like what he should be doing or what's cool and what's not. Um, but I don't know, it may affect him when he's older. Like actually my mum wasn't really around that much. She was working a lot and he may take that in a positive way and say, actually I'm gonna, you know, do do my mum proud because she did all this for me. Or he could go the other way and say, F this, like I didn't, my mum was, I wasn't, my mum wasn't there when I was younger. My grandma basically raised me. I'm just gonna be a dickhead. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and now yeah. I'm gonna really do Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm old enough yeah, to do exactly. it. Exactly. So, but also, like, that's less likely to happen. But I don't know. I, I can't say what, it, how it's, how it's affected him. Um, hopefully for the better. Um, I do know that children need their parents. I do know that. Mm. So I think that's why this time around I'm a bit more... Like, I, if I'm going to start a family, I need to do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I've worked so hard up until this point. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Just even thinking about the idea of family and in like a working context because it feels like there's absolutely no, I don't know about you, but I feel like there's just no roadmap for that and how to do that in a successful way. I mean, who knows what success means anyway, as, as we're sort of saying, but at the same time, there's such like a lack of assurance that you can even have that family and still keep doing the things that you love. Like, I want to be, I want, I want a family and I don't want to get to the age where I'm like 40 odd and I've worked so hard 
to to build a career and build all this money, make all this money, and I can't have kids anymore because mm. I just concentrated on my career. Mm. Then also some people want that, mm. whereas that's not me. I think we're in like with the age. Yeah, I'm 29, and yeah. I feel like it's like there's like a moment, isn't yeah. there? It's like now or never. <laughs> yeah. What are you but doing? Is, Wake can, up call. We can we can have kids. Up yeah. until 40, let's be honest. We can yeah. have kids after 40. Yeah, exactly. I just think My mum was 40 when she had me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I, I did get scared for a moment. I was like, oh my God, I need to, have, like, I need to yeah. do it now. But at the same time, I know that mentally I'm not really, really prepared to do that. Mm. And financially, I'm not necessarily prepared either. I'm definitely much better than I was like five years ago. But yeah, I don't know. I think... I don't know if you can actually have it all. That's the thing. I would like to think you can. I've read like so many like these women empowerment books. Where, like, oh, I have I have this and I have that. This amazing life, but then they've got a stay at home husband, mm. and I don't know if I want a stay at home husband. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do I want to be that person? But then I know I want to work. So I mean, we just have to see. Like, I know I have to have a part of me, and I'm not. Like yes, I'm gonna. I would. Being a mother is amazing, but you have to have some something for yourself as well. Um, totally. So, so going back to side hustles, I think that's why side hustles are really good as well because with most side hustles, you can do it from home. You can actually, and now with technology, you can actually, you can afford us to work from home. So I think that's a good thing as well. Um, I was reading this. I was listening to this podcast about the founder of um, Prick, which is a flower, like a cactus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. another one, yeah. And she was saying that she she just had a baby and she's got a store, like a little flower shop or whatever in um, East London, I think. And I think she's married and she just bought her house and stuff. And you think, well, actually, and that was a side hustle for her. So those things can grow, and you can kind of, you know, I think as well to be like a boss. You almost need to like allow delegate and allow people to take to kind of manage things for you while you're kind of I guess being a mum or you know having yeah. to take time off. Um, so those kind of things you kind of think about have to think about as well. But yeah, mm. yeah, I agree. But can I you have it? Well, I don't know. It's a question, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a question. It's a funny one. <laughs> Tell us. Come <laughs> 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 Michelle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Round? Oh, yeah, we haven't done that. We haven't talked about this though. Awesome. Just as a final. <laughs> so, Dervla has a little. This is. Oh, thanks, Dervla. You didn't send me so, this. No, but this has been so awesome, though. Yeah. Just with everything that you've talked about. Yeah. Like, thank you so oh, much. Thanks. Like, it means so much. To it's you. actually so nice to just talk about it. Isn't it good? Because like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, what like, about me? You're like, I'm not really into public speaking. No, I'm, I'm not. So right. podcast is like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> To be honest, the podcast that we did was so trash. I mean, it was good, but it was trash. It was like just chatting so much air. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I feel like I've sworn too much on this podcast. Uh, well, no, honestly, it's fine. We'll so, bring it to the table is um, about bringing something that sort of frustrates you about the creative industry or that you love about the creative industry that people aren't taking notice of or just something is like on your mind that is 
something that drives you or feels like it's worth sharing mm-hmm. and it's basically an opportunity for like we've sat here asking you loads of questions is there anything that you kind of want to talk about like, talk about do you know what so today I was in a meeting and like this like like I said it's like a meeting and I looked around the room and I was like I'm literally the only person of colour in this room mm. and that kind of not frustrated me but I just felt really yeah maybe frustrated is the right word mm. and I think it's annoying because there's so much so many so much talent out there for me to notice that I almost was like oh wow like and everyone in that room was quite senior as well so you also I think yeah I think that kind of really annoyed frustrated me a bit is that, you, do you think that's like it's more like yeah senior positions where you're not seeing representation maybe yeah or like or the but actually it was, a, it was actually a mix it wasn't just senior it was a mix of everyone to be honest um but it was the first time I'd noticed that that I was the only person of colour in that room, in mm. in the room, um, and I think for me, I just love to see more diversity within those kind of companies. I'm not saying Urban isn't diverse at all because there are black people, a lot of people of colour that work there, mm. um, but to see a lot, a bit more. So I think that probably is like a bring yeah. it to the table kind yeah, of thing. Totally. Yeah, it does just feel like there isn't enough like representation and sometimes I feel like oh that's easy for me to sit here as a white person and say that but it it is I think it's really really important to acknowledge that we aren't seeing full representation of a broad spectrum of people like whether it's ethnicity or social backgrounds or like age um, age but also why are we not seeing it though I don't know if it's like is it a thing that these people are not going up for these jobs or like those are the kind of things I like I because I, I I don't want to feel like everyone is that bad I don't want to feel like yeah. you're discriminating everyone so I yeah. kind of always want to think okay are these people not going up for these jobs why or are there more like lower tier people like is it more diverse than the lower tier rather than like senior mm. like like where's it dropping off yeah where's it dropping off yeah um, I think that's like a real thing that like the whole creative industry has a big responsibility to figure out and yeah. figure it out quick yeah. because like where are these like barriers coming in and actually like I do think there's everybody's responsibility to try and like figure yeah. that out collectively totally. and then address it in some way and um, yeah I don't really know like where that sort of begins yeah me neither I mean yeah I suppose it's just like there needs to be more opportunities. Yeah, but we say that, but there are opportunities. Do you know what I mean? Like there are these opportunities, but it's how you get to them. And maybe they're just not put out there. And I think what um, Shani Mears, Shani Mears is doing, is like an, is a great platform because the guest list, they are like putting a lot of like job posters and things like that up there like and I think that feels quite good because I know the, the community at first it was quite BAME but now she's opened it up I don't think it was ever like exclusive to BAME um, people but you definitely see like everyone now on there um, and it's been opened up to like all platforms I think she's opened it she wants more like pe- people from different countries and stuff to like join the, the group as well so it feels 
I think it's good for those kind of platforms, but where where are you seeing these like opportunities? Where are you seeing these job postings? I was talking to a girl at work about the dots and she'd never heard of it. I was like, how have you not heard of the dots? Like, what the hell? We knew about the dots when we was like working at Dixon Baxi. And I didn't think, I thought everybody knew about it, like LinkedIn. Um, so it was just like, where are you going for the Sims to see, yeah, like where, where are these opportunities being posted, I guess. Yeah, being and told. why are people being left out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that was just one thing like I noticed today. I was like, oh wow. What made really you notice weird. it? When was the point where you went like, noticed it? I was just like, it? Did it just, like come across yeah, your mind? I was like, and you were like, like, I was like, I'm literally the only black person in this room. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually a person of colour, like ethnic person in this room. Yeah. Right. I think there was a Chinese girl in there as well. That's it. I was like, this is... How many people in the room? There was like... 20 there was a lot of people maybe it was like to the point where like it was a packed boardroom it could have easily been the whole company to be honest (laughs) the company isn't that massive but it wasn't the whole company but um don't feel like you need to have the answers to this but how do you think um people can best be like allies in that situation to try and like sort this out because I do feel like it's a collective mm. responsibility you can't, totally. you can't just sort of think about it as like it's not being anybody's problem like, like it's everybody's yeah. problem it's yeah, definitely everybody's don't problem don't want to live in a world like that where people aren't treated fairly yeah um, yeah in, in terms of like within the creative industry like context have you ever sort of thought about like how like people can be more helpful or do more me personally, I don't know how anyone else, how somebody else could help. I know that when I was working at ASOS, I kind of made a conscious effort to kind of hire more BAME people or bring BAME people into the company. I even had this conversation with like the head of fashion one time and I said to her, when I'm like looking for like photographers, videographers or even like editors or like freelancers, I kind of geared towards the more the BAME people because... I guess I relate to them more but at the same time you want the best person for the job so I'm not going to hire a person of colour over a white person because they're they're not as good like I would never do that it's just not fair that doesn't even make sense um, that's not like ideal yeah. person but also I wouldn't want that to happen either I wouldn't want it to be like because I think when I was talking to a friend at Depop she was saying like Depop have to tick off this like um, diversity and inclusion kind of thing so they have to kind of hire like people of colour or diverse mm. people I was like well well, you have to hire the person that's right for the job but how are you finding these people that are right for the job I assume these people are applying and like they want to be part mm. of these companies it's just did you ever find it a problem or were you that's the thing I never found it a problem Mm. but also I'm mixed race yeah I never found it a problem also my name Michelle Hung right it's not like a it's a a, um, Vietnamese name Mm. so it would I I found it so easy to get jobs Mm. I found that when I would go to the interview they'd be like oh I don't know you're black kind of thing but then (laughs) (laughs) yeah because when I'm when I first started applying for jobs, like LinkedIn and the internet wasn't really a thing. Like now it is, and they obviously know. But um, when I first started, like I remember when I, yeah, I remember when I went for a production coordinator role, and they, they was really shocked. But I think as well, I know I believe in myself, and I know that I'm good. So 
I definitely feel like I can like smash it into, <laughs> smash an interview. But I've never had problems finding a job, to be honest. Um, and again, it could be because one of my name and two, I'm mixed race. Um, so it's really it's really hard for me to not be. I don't know if empathetic is the right word, but it's really hard for me to like, sympathise. But I see, but I do see that I am sometimes the only like person of colour. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's that's definitely where I'm like, something oh, going right. on. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I guess we need to talk about it more. That's I it. think that's yeah. it. I think talking about it more. Totally. Just like, but also don't talk about it like it's a bad thing, like no. it's taboo. Mm. Like we should say, how come there is, how come we don't have any black people on our team, or how come we don't have any like people yeah. of colour on our team? like what's going on we should yeah. be open enough to say that yeah because um, I'm pretty sure if it was an all black company that someone's going to say where's all the white people at yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so and that's the thing and I feel like sometimes that it feels like a dirty word like saying like, like black people like calling things out yeah but actually it's yeah. not a dirty word it's, it's just one it's, it's, it's real people are black or, or people are of colour mm. we should talk about it and maybe that's where it should start like calling it out why don't we have like a somebody of colour at at the top or why don't we have this in our team why am I looking around and there's like one Asian one one Chinese and one black person here where's where's everyone in a in a in a company of like 250 yeah totally so so yeah yeah I think you make a really interesting point that it's just that's something that everybody can can say yeah. and have a respect. Like, yeah, a and everyone can. Because um, I do think it's something that often gets like a bit skirted around, yeah. or it's like, oh, that's like a really serious conversation. Yeah. Maybe it's not my place, or like I don't, I don't know. It just but feels like there's some kind of there is some strangeness around talking about diversity. It when feels it a comes bit taboo. Yeah. The workplace. It feels yeah, a bit sure. taboo, and it shouldn't be, no. and it shouldn't feel like that because. The more we make it feel taboo, the more we're scared to talk about it. Well, no, thanks for bringing it up because I think it's really interesting and really to talk about. Yeah. Last question: If going back to side hustles, yeah. if somebody was just really scared about starting this, um, but they like just... maybe two people starting a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just still ch- I keep checking that it's on. It's definitely on. Yeah, okay, like great. Yeah, like what sort of advice would you give? Because I feel like you've you said some really good things about just going going for it. Yeah. And yeah, I'd almost um, outside of going outside of just going for it. How do you just get something off the ground and make it into something real? I think you just have to like for me. I just had to take accountability. Like I said, once I put it out, once I said to one person, "I'm gonna make a magazine," I had to hold myself to it. Um, I would say though talk to people and research and a lot of people say like find a mentor or someone who's done like something very similar and that's something I haven't done to be honest I think the only person in the industry that I ever really reached out to was Felicia Pennant from season 15 and she gave me some really good advice but apart from her I haven't spoken to anyone that's even in the like publishing world um which is strange but I definitely think getting advice from other people that's done it before but also just like I know you said just don't just do it but just do it just do just do it if this is what you want to do just try it because you're always going to learn I learned 
so much from the, putting the first one out. And my partner's always like, oh, you know, you should always follow other people's blueprints and that's how you kind of, so you don't make mistakes. But I learn from my mistakes. That's how I learn because I know, okay, do you know, I messed up on that round and it was really costly. I'm not going to do that again. Mm. Um, and I can always learn from other people's mistakes, but I know my mistakes mean a bit more to me mm. because I risked it. And so take those risks, I think. You need to take those risks because you're never, if you don't do it, you're never going to know. And you don't want to be living like, oh, what if, and things like that. So I think if you have an idea, always try it. And now, especially now, we have so, like, so much resource, so many resources out there to kind of help us. Um, Ten years ago, it wouldn't be that easy to, to start a podcast. Mm. You probably would have to go to a studio, or it would be like you'd have probably like sugar. Yeah. <laughs> you'd probably have like some really shitty like equipment, and yeah. it, you couldn't hear anything. Or you know what I mean. So, same thing with magazines. Ten years ago, I probably wouldn't even know where to start. Or maybe twenty years ago, I wouldn't know where to start. I wouldn't even. You know, it's so easy now. To everything's accessible. So, if you're gonna do something, do it now, hundred percent. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love it. You're just so open oh and goodness, honest, so and it just nice. makes it so easy to talk. I to feel like stuff. I was listening to the conversation like I was listening <laughs> yeah. to the podcast. I was like, I was like, oh, shit, I should ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel so Thank you for listening to What a Way to Make a Living. Big thanks to Michelle for that great chat. We'll put links in the show notes to where you can pre-order issue two of Eden Zine and see more of Michelle's work. We want to hear from you. Who would you like to hear from? What would you like us to ask people about? Follow us on Instagram at waterwaypodcast or send us an email, waterwaytomakeapodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Fanes. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>